0: All right, welcome back to another episode of the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. Today, we want to talk about our biggest mistakes, our biggest regrets with reselling. When Ashley put this episode together, I didn't know if if I was going to come up with anything. But in fact, I have quite a few regrets. So we're going to share some of those with you guys. And hopefully you can learn from our mistakes.
1: Yeah, same. When I was thinking about episode ideas, I was like, oh, you know, I have a couple, I guess, like, big regrets. Um, and then the more I thought, I'm like, oh, wow, I guess I actually have, like, more than I thought. <laughs> so we're going to dive into it. And like Liz said, hopefully you guys can learn from our mistakes and... um Yeah, let's do this. My first big regret in reselling is not branching out outside of clothing and shoes sooner than I did. So I've talked about this before, but I started reselling on Poshmark and I started with clothing, shoes, accessories, you know, the the usual stuff. Um, I was going to thrift stores, garage sales, and estate sales. I really loved doing that and was pretty passionate about it and the sustainability. And I liked finding items for myself also, but some point it became and I was also working full-time at that time in the car business. So I was doing reselling on the weekends and like late at night you know after I would get home and I just kind of got burned out a little bit and it caused this lull in my business when I really actually needed the extra you know the additional money um, and it was because I think I was processing so many individual and unique items. so as we know when you're you know thrifting things or finding items that a garage sales estate sells, whatever, they're mostly one off items. You're not finding duplicates of the same item. If you can, like, that's amazing, but most of the time, that's not the case. So each individual item has to be processed individually, photographed individually, listed individually. Um, and that's a lot of work and takes a lot of time. Um, and we've both discussed our hatred for photographing and listing pants, uh, dresses, skirts, you know, all things like that. They're just kind of a pain in the butt um they sell yes but they're just kind of a pain to to do and like i said that lull sort of caused like a bit of a a lull financially also um at a time when i really needed the extra money fast forward to you know 2020 when the pandemic hit and we were all you know kind of furloughed um i was trying to figure out what i was going to do with my business i was using the time you know i would work a certain schedule in the car business and instead of not doing anything during those hours, I was just gonna work on my reselling business instead um until we figured out what the heck was going on with the you know the world, the country, our little bubble and then I kind of stumbled upon this like discord reselling group. It was a leads group, and they taught me and that's again where Liz and I met. They taught us how to um, do retail and online arbitrage and source like new items and that totally changed the game for me. Um, It reignited my passion for reselling. And don't get me wrong, I still at that point loved to go thrifting. It just, I I really couldn't at that point because, you know, pandemic, hello, like everything was shut down. So instead, you know, I kind of switched gears at like the perfect time um, and was able to do some online arbitrage through like Target and Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, places like that. And then when places started to, you know, slowly open back up, you could do retail arbitrage as well and i loved the hunt for those items. so um, i guess if i had branched out outside of clothing and shoes sooner, it probably would have um benefited my business a lot more. and you know, i feel like a little diversity isn't a bad thing sometimes in your business. so having the option, you know, knowing things other than like one specific niche, and don't get me wrong, there are benefits to having a specific niche also, but i think there's also benefits to consider in having a wide variety of knowledge. That's that's my first one, is not branching out outside of the clothing and shoe scenes sooner. My first regret that came to mind, so when Casey, he was
0: an auto damage adjuster, he was working 21 days a month, we decided that I would hit the road with him. I would stop teaching. When we first started learning about reselling and ways to make money online. And you just kind of go through a rabbit hole and you start learning about all these different ways that you didn't know about. And so I think one of my biggest regrets was trying to do too much, going way too broad. So not only were we selling on Amazon private label, we were also trying to do online retail arbitrage, selling on eBay, Amazon Merch, Kindle Direct Publishing, starting a YouTube channel, which is also a lot of work. So I wish I would have put more effort into kind of one or two instead of going really broad. So maybe with Amazon Merch, which is their print on demand for Amazon, really concentrated on filling the slots that we have. So we're in tier 2000, we can have 2000 designs. If I would have put the effort into that instead of trying to do a little bit of everything, then I feel like I wouldn't have been so frustrated with not seeing the success that I wanted to see. And that was kind of what we focused on last year was kind of pulling back and figuring out what do we really need to concentrate on to really grow our business. We didn't really do Amazon merch. We started focusing more on building our private label businesses and on eBay. So my biggest regret is just you know, getting too excited and learning about all these things and not really focusing.
1: Yeah. And I think it's so easy to when once you unlock how much there is out there in ways of making money online, it is overwhelming and it is exciting. And you're like, holy crap, I could do I could do that. I could do this oh my God, that sounds like something I would love to do. And it's just so easy to, I'm very much like that. Um, You know, I want to have my hands in kind of like everything, like all of the things, and I want to try it all out and see like kind of what sticks, but it's really easy to like wear yourself super thin. Okay. So my next regret is I'm sure something that a lot of you can relate to, and that is doing too many free clothing pickups uh, specifically during 2020 without asking any questions whatsoever. <laughs> there was, you know, a post that kind of circulated about posting on like Facebook groups, um, your community pages the next door app offer up stuff like that saying that you were looking for, you know, donations for your clothing reselling business. And if anyone was a lot of people at that point were cleaning out their closets because, you know, we're like, what else are we gonna do? We're all stuck at home. So everyone was like kind of like doing that Marie Kondo thing and going through all their crap. So instead of donating to the thrift stores that were all closed anyways and donations were piling up. A couple of people got this like great idea, like let's advertise our businesses to our local community, and if people want to choose to donate to us, like that would be great. And a lot of people did. (laughs) So I was one of those people that got a ton of free donations, and people were like so happy to be able to support someone. You know that I had like my own small business, and they wanted all that junk out of their house, anyways. The problem was is that a lot of it was. That junk. And then I ended up with it and had to do something with it. My sourcing options at that point were limited. So I was like, I'll kind of take what I can get and I'll just deal with all the crap, you know, that comes with it. But it was like incredibly overwhelming. At that point, I've talked about it a couple of times, but I was in like a really teeny tiny apartment. I had inventory freaking everywhere. And I ended up adding like, I think it was like 10 or 15 bins of inventory from these free clothing pickups. And I just, I couldn't process it fast enough. And I ended up hanging on to a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have hung on to at that time. Um, because I thought that uh, I'm I'm definitely going to list this stuff. And I actually just went through the last bin of that junk last week. And I, <laughs> I put it, almost all of it. There were two items that I hung on to, but I put almost all of it into a garbage bag and then donated it to like, you know, the, the, um, donation bins, like there's nothing wrong with it. It wasn't like stained or ripped or anything like that. It was like, and there was like a ton of like old lady nightgowns and like Christopher and Banks stuff that like from way back in the day, you know, it was totally fine and wearable, but it's definitely not stuff that I'm going to list and going to sell like on Poshmark or eBay. So let's get it the heck out of here. So anyways, you know, all that to say I should have had asked a couple more questions like could you send me like a couple pictures of you know the items that you have i just want to make sure that it's a right fit for my business before you know i waste your time and have you meet me or whatever whatever i could have said but that would have saved me a lot of time and frustration and agony which ironically that is one of my regrets as well
0: (laughs) is getting free inventory from friends and family without looking it up to see the value so like awesome. we went through my grandma's place. My mom was like, here, take this, this stuff. And I was at the time I was thinking, okay, this is great because we are a little on the low side with inventory. This would be a good way for me to get things. I even bought a bag from a friend and, you know, paid $70 for it for like a huge garbage bag of clothing. But the free inventory, we at are in a position now where we just don't have the space anymore. We have a 1200 square foot outbuilding, but that's filled with Amazon products. So really our reselling space has decreased and I just don't have the space and the time to be going through somebody else's inventory. And I think that was a big learning curve because a lot of that stuff, yes, we could probably sell it, but it's only going to profit like a dollar or two. And so we've really changed our buying criteria. We are being way more selective with what we buy because we would rather have 10 items that profit $25, then to have 25 items that profit $10. We'd rather save the time and not have to list all those items. So I think sometimes when you're getting free stuff, yeah, that's great. And that is a way if you're first starting to get inventory, get to know the brands. But in the end, it just starts to accumulate. And then you get so frustrated because you're looking at it like,
1: I wish it would just list itself, but it's not going to. So sometimes free isn't always good. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's like a tough lesson to learn. And knowing when you're at that point is also kind of difficult because free sounds amazing. You know, free sounds like profits. But if you're not going to list it and if it's just going to sit around or if it's going to, you know, we talked before in a few episodes about weighing your value, like how much your time is worth versus how much profit you're making on something. And learning that lesson is really important too. Like. Yeah, sure, I could list this and take pictures and you know answer questions. And then when it sells, I can package it up in my cute little poly mailers and send it off to the post office. But is all of that really worth like an eight, ten dollar profit? You know, probably not. So knowing what your time is worth is really important. My next big regret, and this is probably one of the top ones for me, actually, um, was buying an eBay course from a pretty well known uh reseller. I'd been at that time I'd been on Poshmark actively selling for I think like about a year and a half or 2 years and I had been following um this course creator for quite a while on Instagram and they were very successful and had a YouTube that I followed and Um, they just, they were making moves and I was like, wow, like they really, you know, know their stuff. They have it all together and I want to be like them. I want to have a business just like them. So at that point, I was so intimidated by the whole thought of starting on eBay and learning the shipping and all that stuff that I needed some guidance and assistance. And, when I learned that they had an eBay course, I was like, wow, you know, I've been watching these people for so long and I really, you know, admire them and look up to them and they seem like amazing people. So um I'm going to buy into their course. So when they started talking about their next like drop of the course um i was like yeah i'm going to i'm going to do this so i made sure that i had the money set aside for it and i actually remember the day i was out garage selling it was like i think spring or summer or something and i remember the exact house that i was parked in front of like i had my car parked out there my alarm set so i didn't miss the drop because it was like a limited you know number of people that were able to purchase it so i think it was like $350 and it was that was like a lot of money for me i mean it still is a lot of money but Especially at that point, I was kind of still new and I wasn't sure that this was even going to work, you know, but I'd read some, you know, reviews about the course. Everyone seemed to really like the course and, you know, the people, the the creators. So like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to do this. So I purchased it. I was one of the lucky, you know, ones that was able to buy into it. And I dove into the course when, you know, they sent it to us and it was all like kind of pre-recorded videos, which I understand is how a lot of courses are run. But usually there's like kind of a interactive aspect with like the people that, you know, purchase your your course. And there was like really not any of that. There was no like one on one or even like Zoom calls or really anything like that. Um, and I had like a ton of questions since I was really, you know, an a eBay newbie. I had a million questions and they wanted us to email them with our questions. So I did send a couple emails and I think I got like one or two responses back, but it just wasn't like. The interaction that I was hoping for, uh, I just ended up being pretty disappointed. And for me, the the value didn't meet the price point. And I feel like if you're asking people to pay you something for something that you're, you know, giving them, creating for them, whatever, the value should exceed, like far exceed, the price point, honestly. Um, and I just found that it didn't really meet the price point that they were asking. I wish I had done. I guess, maybe some more searching on my own or try to find, you know, an individual within the reselling community that would be willing to help me. Um, and then maybe I could pay them the $350 instead, you know, for kind of like a one-on-one mentor. Um, I think that would have been a lot more valuable for me as an individual. And, you know, like I said, that course seemed to have like amazing reviews. So it obviously worked for some people, but it just wasn't what I was hoping for or expected. That's a a big one for me. I've done a
0: eBay course. I feel like a lot of those and I've done an Amazon course, the info is outdated, you know, because it does take a long time to record those videos, edit them. eBay is constantly changing things. They have updates, they're changing, you know, just the way eBay works in general. So I think sometimes you have to be really careful with courses. And a lot of people don't want to spend the time looking up that info, even though it's all out there on the internet, it's free. And people like having it in an organized spot. If it's a course, I feel like it definitely has to have some sort of community, whether that's a Facebook group, or a discord or something where you can ask questions. Because if you don't have that ability, then you're not really going to get everything out of it. Because then it's just like reading or watching yeah. videos.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know, like some of the information was pretty decent. But you, you mentioned, the obsolete stuff, and there was some stuff that I ended up finding out was like outdated or obsolete information, so I think if you're you know going to look into a purchasing a course and again, I'm not like anti purchasing information, like I'm actually very much pro buying into courses and you know supporting creators and stuff like that, I'm all about that because you're getting the information like immediately like sent to you and it should be like niche to what you're looking for. If it's like a good creator and they're doing what they're advertising Um, and it's just like a good way to like kind of get that information to you without having to spend a lot of time, you know, Googling and searching and all that stuff. So it, it should save you time in exchange for the money. So I think if you're, you know, going to purchase a course or, you know, some sort of information, I would definitely check with the creator um, to make sure that they're constantly doing updates as things change. Like Liz said, if it's Amazon or eBay or whatever the course is about, make sure that the creator is doing consistent updates as different things roll out on those platforms. Otherwise, you're going to be learning information that is not going to be useful for you. All right. So my next regret with reselling, which I feel like
0: I've talked about a couple times, it was buying out an eBay store From a local reseller. When Casey's mom, shout out to Bolo Brenda, was in town, she's always sitting on the back patio looking on Facebook Marketplace. And at the time, this was still during COVID. So we were still struggling to find inventory. And she came across this couple where they sold on eBay. They had an eBay store of probably about 800 items. I'm not even 100% how many. And that's one of my issues as well. We contacted them. They lived within 2 miles of where we were. So we go over to their house, we're looking in the garage, we're looking in boxes, we're chatting with them, really nice couple. He was getting into real estate, so they weren't going to be doing eBay anymore, so they just w- wanted to get out of it. He had it for $4500. We talked him down to 2200, but my biggest regret was we didn't ask enough questions. We didn't go through all the inventory, we didn't count the inventory. And it really was just a very casual buy. Where looking back, if I would have looked closer at the inventory, I would have noticed like some of the shoes, they were not in good shape. Yes, they were good brands, but they weren't in good shape. So they weren't the best at sourcing quality products. I finally pulled a bunch of stuff and sold it at the garage sale this past weekend because I got to the point where we bought it two years ago. That stuff is sitting there, it's not quality stuff, and we just need to move on. If you are going to come across somebody selling out their eBay inventory, I would encourage you to look at their eBay store, go through the items, because you can have them show you like listed value, like how much is listed, because we just didn't have enough information. Mm -hmm. I feel like we probably broke even. We didn't make any money on it, but we also did get some other things in addition. So they gave us like a photo setup area, a bunch of tables. We got a coffee table, some random coffee table, cute little table and chairs that was Melissa and Doug. So we did get more in addition. They had an Amazon box that they had done, an Amazon return box. And you know my feelings about those, they're nothing but junk. So we did get a lot of stuff, which then if you look back at the time we had to spend to go through all that inventory, we had to list it, you know, sort through everything. It just to me it wasn't worth it. We
1: probably should have gotten it for like 1500 So my last and I would say biggest reselling regret is that, especially at the beginning of my reselling journey, I thought that I needed to or at least should model my business after what I saw other successful resellers doing online instead of trying to figure out ways um and strategies and tactics that worked best for me. So I should have tried a couple different things and then picked out, you know, what workflow worked best for me, the ways of sourcing, ways of listing, etc. But instead I was kind of like forcing myself to do what I saw them doing on Instagram or on YouTube because I knew that it worked for them, they were successful and I told myself, well, so and so does it this way, so I have to do it this way because obviously it works. But there's You know, there's more than one way to skin a cat, as they say. You know, trying to force something that wasn't really the way that I wanted to do things, it was like kind of making me miserable and not really loving reselling anymore. But, you know, what I really love about doing this podcast is Liz and I, you know, we're both resellers, but we resell similar things. We resell different things. We have different ways of doing things. We have totally different business models. And we give you guys, you know, I give you my ways of doing things. She talks about her ways of doing things. But we also try to shed some light on different ways of doing things that neither of us do. Um, because maybe what we do won't work for you, but maybe something that we mentioned will. Um, and that's okay. You know, you don't have to do things the way that we do them. Just because it works for us doesn't mean it would work for you and vice versa. So just know, like, we're always going to try to bring you guys information, you know, from our own perspectives and things that we have learned from other people, too, even though we might not use those exact systems. We just want to help you guys try to find the systems that work for you as best we can. All right, guys, that's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling podcast. Anything we mentioned in this episode will be linked down below in the show notes or description down below. Be sure to share this episode with anyone you think it will help and follow us on social media at P2D Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Keep working towards that Daycheck.